So they came from the followers came from the old band. Yeah. So I was I was in a band in Idaho, and then I quit that band and joined a band in Utah. And it's just and they're like metal. They're just yeah. It's just like the metalcore screamo kids. Okay. Most of them are teenagers that are just pissed at their parents. Like that's what I was my whole life. And and so that's like were. five years ago, right? Yeah. It's just a so. And so now they're all older and better adapted, and they're still tuning in. That's cool. I'm not sure because <laughs> I, I don't have very many people that like like my stuff, you know, and stuff like that. So, but but I still have tw like 26,000 followers, and I'm losing them slowly. So they do. I think people still see my stuff, but then there's just like breaking points. It seems like we're like, okay, I can't do this guy anymore. <laughs> Man, his his hair's short. He's not really playing his music. Yeah. He plays now is different. I don't even post music anymore. I just post about. <laughs> <laughs> why i think beliefs the problem with beliefs and stuff like that and and then yeah. stuff that you guys post i'll repost it sometimes <laughs> it's a completely different outlook people just want to hear angry music and yeah. not think about their problems in a sense or michael loses followers because they come to instagram for positivity and how they found him in the first place i don't know why would they but follow he, michael gotta, i mean I think, <laughs> michael's, I think michael's a pretty positive person but he's got a catchy instagram handle to a degree, but uh, you guys are definitely talking about real dark shit here at the same time, you know? I never thought of myself as somebody who is specifically not positive, but I guess when you look at the totality and kind of the the general feel yeah. that's going on, yeah, I'm pretty fucking negative. I don't think you're negative. I think you're realistic. I don't. I think positivity is a, a pipe dream most of the time. But if you're, but like if we're in a fist fight with human nature, it's not because we're happy about it, right? <laughs> like uh, we're satisfied with human nature or something. It's just not. I find it personally super fucking inconvenient the way most people behave. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> and I get I get a little bit angry about that sometimes. <laughs> I don't, I, not like why can't you be like me? It's just like, okay, so here's the paradox. I think that personal freedom is probably the most important thing. And how do you have that? Man, don't drop the mic like five minutes, two minutes into the podcast. <laughs> but if you allow personal freedom, it's the lowest common denominator that allows your living experience. But that's because you missed the second part of the sentence. And that was probably due to the 140 character limit. <laughs> the second part of the sentence is, yes, I believe 100% in personal freedom tied to 100% personal responsibility and accountability. Yeah, And see, that doesn't fit on Twitter. And therefore, it won't fit inside most people's brains. Even with 280 characters allowed right now, you couldn't say that and have people comprehend it in like a catchy soundbite. Sam, write a song. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong, um, but I feel like if all police officers went away and all fire departments went away and all schooling went away and, you know you could hire security and this is a very libertarian thing but i'm just saying for me personally it sounds like you've been reading that anarchy website i think yeah, i would be okay and it's not anarchy it's just like i would be okay 
defending what I need to defend and generally taking care of myself or like I was in a hospital today and I was having a conversation about how to pay them. Yeah. Um, and I'm a cash pay kind of person. So originally I called and <clears throat> no shit. They quoted me for an ultrasound $1,700. And I was like, man, you guys must owe a lot of money on that rental. <laughs> and <laughs> the payment like, plan, they, they own it. And then quote, they go, in, what is that? Inverted quotes? Uh, oh, at least. Yeah. yeah whatever. Okay. I mean, what's the bet? I don't know. Well, and then they go, well, since you're, you know, if you cash pay and you pay in full on the day, it's 40% off. I was like, wow, that's a huge difference. But and didn't they offer you also that if you cash pay and you pay in advance, it yes. was an even deeper discount? Yes. So it's like, it's 25% on top of the 40% off. So I got it down to what they estimated was $1,100. I'm just talking about them taking a picture, just so we're clear. <laughs> We don't have to get into it either, but it's a no, relatively small area too. It's not like it's your entire spine no. or an entire leg. You're or... not just paying for the photograph. You're paying someone to. You're paying also for someone to appreciate and analyze the photograph. So that's a radiologist. I pay separate for that. This is just for the image. <laughs> but I get a discount on that too. So don't. Um... Okay. So, I, so if I, you're, you're a bargain shopper. If I, how about wait a second. If I just give them my credit card number and the three-digit security code, do I get it for free? <laughs> close <laughs> to. Here's where it gets crazy. So I went in today expecting to pay close to, I think the, they were like, well, this isn't accurate. It'll be less than this slightly when you show up on the day. And I was like, okay, I'll believe you. $1,143 is what they quoted me or so. I think close so to that. That's not 25 on, that's not 65% off. No, no, but it's, it's, remember it's 40% off. And then I think 20 something percent on top of So it's not 65 combined. That's different than doing yes. 40% off. Oh, 40% minus, yeah. and then 25% off of the 40%. Off the 40% remaining. Yeah. Or off to the figure that was remained after the 40%. The other taken. one would be way too much savings. Yes, which is true. <laughs> Hospital couldn't afford that. They're laying people off. So let's get back Allegedly. to the negativity, man. You seem too happy about this right well, now. <laughs> no, it gets so weird. So like I'm talking to the lady and I always like to joke about how absurd this process is. I mean, Sam was there when I was talking to a healthcare professional in the cubicle about them <laughs> sending me a bill after they built me. Yeah. And um, I'm... I mean, Does that, did that lady quit her job in tears? I don't know. <laughs> I, I felt so. pretty bad on it because I was pretty serious, but I was really aggravated by that because I, I'm pretty specific when I go, what is the price? Because I'm going to pay for it now because I want to know whether I can afford the service or not. Yeah. And so I'm joking with the lady today and she's like, you know, typing in the work and then this and minusing that. Okay, you're going to get this done. And then it comes out that in order to get this ultrasound, their policy is I also have to get a mammogram. <laughs> That's their policy, Mark. That's <laughs> well. I mean, a private business can, you know, it, it, uh, sure create and enforce policies um, however they like, unless you live in the great state of Los Angeles, and then you got no way to <laughs> really so, control your own fate or livelihood. So I'm like in my head, like, oh shit, they only quoted me for that. It's gonna be like triple that. Fuck, am I gonna have to really be like, well, I can't do this. I'm not gonna pay like four grand for this. But then she goes, oh, like. How about this? But it's your first mammogram, so it's free. <laughs> yeah. <no. laughs> so she's like, well, it's not going to be that bad. And I was like, what do you mean not bad? Like, remember that I'm paying for this, not some company that can like talk you guys down later. 
this is me. It's coming out of my pocket. I mean, seriously, it's going to be just the tip. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, I'm waiting and she goes, it's actually only $700. And I was like, for the mammogram? I was on like, top of the- for one of them? And she goes, no, for everything. She thought it was 1700 at first? No, somebody else quoted me 1700 oh. And then they did the same algorithm that she did and there was 1100 And now I'm at $700. i am like, man, if I pay now, it's a total bargain. Dude, well, door you, number three, right? Yeah, fucking you're, now. You're, you're getting more things done. <laughs> yeah. The price keeps going yeah. down. Where, like, what's the catch? Can I talk the to someone is, else? The catch is they don't have any other business in the hospital right now because <laughs> it's all shut down. <laughs> she get like two for the price of one. Yeah, so I'm like, okay, here's my card. So I give her my card. She charges it. I go back. They do the mammogram first, and the lady's like, "You don't need an ultrasound. We can conclusively find that like what is wrong with you is not what you think is wrong with you." And I'm like, "Really?" She's like, "Yeah, you do not have cancer." And I was like, "Oh, congratulations on yeah, that, thanks. by the way." And I was like, "Cool. Can I get my money back?" And she's like, "Absolutely. Go out there and tell her we didn't need to do the ultrasound." And I was like, "Cool." So I went back out there and it ended up being three hundred dollars. I was like, "Okay, I'm really happy about that. That makes me yes." You want to know the negative side? I, how many now? Because we're getting back to negativity right now. Dude. How many people who are trying to afford healthcare call hear seventeen hundred dollars and go fuck it? I'm not going in there. Mm. They can't afford that. Therefore, it drives them away from taking care of themselves. You think that happens a lot? I, I do actually. I think it happens a lot. I also think it happens a lot. And I also think people get bills in the mail after they pay for something and they're for, just like fuck yeah and they just like <clears throat> i mean i got blood work done they wanted twelve hundred dollars for it i went down the list because my physician's a moron so i picked out what was important what was relevant to the study that i wanted to see and i got it down to two hundred dollars which is still ridiculous for blood work but i paid for it anyway um i got my blood drawn and then i get a bill in the mail for a hundred dollars and i was like it's called a reflex charge. <laughs> I, I reflexively send you an invoice yeah. when I don't think I got paid enough for the service that we provided. Yeah, that's a reflex. And then your gag reflex started going off. And... <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I'm talking to the lady about it and I'm like, I'm going to apologize in advance because this is this is about to happen. And I'm, it's going to make I'm, your day less. You have to deal with me. And I was like, look, you guys charged me incorrectly. I paid up front. I didn't agree to these charges. And she's like, oh, well, it's a reflex test. It's on the receipt. I was like, hold on. You tell me after I pay for something that it's okay for you to charge me for something that I didn't agree to. You think that that's going to be backed up? You think that's you think you think that's okay? And I was like, let me ask you a question. You make what? Like 12 bucks an hour? If you go to a store and buy a loaf of bread and you go home and you eat that loaf of bread and later the store char- sends you another bill for that loaf of bread, would that seem fair to you? Because you bought that loaf of bread thinking that this is the price so that you can afford this bread instead of the more expensive sourdough artis- artismal bread. And I have a later- reflexive, uh, refl- I had used to have like a reflex where I threw Molotov cocktails at things. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, well, why I mean, did you ever get rid of that reflex? So far past the statute of limitations <laughs> on this one, folks. So, so I, I might even have been under 18 and not, you know, so anyway. She started stuttering and I was like, look, this, I am really sorry that you have to deal with me, but you chose to work for this corrupt organization that's trying to take advantage of people. So you're going to fucking get it unless you get me as somebody who can actually make a difference. 
And she's like, I'll be right back. <laughs> no, no, she should have said, I won't be right back. Someone else will because well, it's Tuesday she, and I don't deal with this shit on Tuesday. Apparently, she tried to get a manager for like 25 minutes. Wow. I was on hold. Sam was there just like, yeah, probably wondering what the fuck. She comes back and she goes, we're going to erase the charge. I was like, all right, I guess if I'm difficult and if I'm negative enough and I ruin enough people's days then people don't want to deal with me and they'll just write and, all and these just... charges. Well, she, it, it took a little longer than that because she came back from her manager and she told, she's oh, like, right. we can't do it. And then you were like, you, you went on a little longer about telling her the, the facts behind this whole thing and why it's fucked up. And then she went back to her manager again and she's going to get her on the line for you. And then she just came back herself and was like, oh, the manager said, we'll, we'll waive it for you. Uh, oh, the manager <laughs> said it's not worth like The manager does not want to deal with you. Yeah. He does not want to talk to you. Doesn't want your $100. <laughs> Listen <Yeah>. here, Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so yep. she took a job at a corrupt organization, mm-hmm. not knowing that it was a corrupt organization. Yeah. But so when she meets people at parties... And they say, hey, what do you do? And she says, oh, well, I'm a medical assistant or, you know, whatever. Receptionist. Cubicle yeah. healthcare provider. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Remote. Anyway. Um, and th- th- so the reason we, like, rushed in here today was to talk about identity. Mm. Yes. Because, you know, it's a thing right now. Ooh, nice segue. Um, I was trying, dude. I was really, <laughs> I was just hoping you were going to give me a pitch so that I could get back yeah, to yeah. the thing. Mm. Um, and, 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 I mean, really... Uh, just a second ago, a bunch of pieces came together for me um, where I realized like, because Sam had was talking about sort of an existential crisis and that mm. could be masquerading uh, or it might just be boredom masquerading as an existential <laughs> crisis, you know, where people are, are unconsciously considering their worth as human beings mm. because people's identity is often tied up with their jobs. And if you think of all social exchange, when you meet someone new, you know, it's, we generally identify ourselves by our work, which makes it really hard for you, Michael, and me, and probably (laughs) Keegan too, and uh, good Sam as well. (laughs) Although you came up with a very nice fucking business card sort of title. Michael Um, (laughs) Helm. Do you have a business card yet? No, I'm. I'm gonna get him. Something. Still not sure what I we am. We just <laughs> need to make sure and watch the little Patrick Bateman thing where he's talking I about the exactly thinking the same. Fucking okay, at least thing. we're eggshell and beryllium blue. Fuck, there we go. That's <laughs> what you need. Whatever. I don't know if Moo offers that as a it even has, option, but it even has a watermark. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, so we often identify ourselves with in, in relation to our work, and so if I'm, well, I'm just gonna hype, you know. Be, pretend to be someone different than who I am. And uh, so I got whatever job that I have, and that job has been declared non-essential. And I am realized that, man, I am my work. I identify with my job. Therefore, I am non-essential. And then the government sends me home to pout <laughs> or watch Netflix or whatever you want. And then... I subconsciously, the, all of the shit in the back of my brain that I don't recognize while I'm watching the current comedy special or, you know, whatever thing that makes me feel better about the shit sandwich I've just been um, served. Um, all of these little conversations in the back of my head are asking me about am I, my job is non-essential. Therefore, I am non-essential. Do I want to participate in this system any longer? That comes later. Of course, that question is a little bit heavier duty, but it just blows me the fuck away that if that is 
it, you know, this is hypothetical. That may not be happening. Mm. You know, maybe people are too fucking stupid. Maybe they're sub, maybe they've obliterated the ability of their subcon or their subconsciousness, unconscious mind, whatever, to sort of start taking an inventory um, or, or engage in some honest self-examination. But uh, this whole idea of like, oh, we're just going to send everyone home because outdoors, you know, in circulating in public has a really high risk of, you know, some, of some kind, some danger is mm-hmm. out there. Yes, there's a virus. Yes, it's killing people. Yes, it's killed X, you know, like France today, 17,000 dead. Like, you, you know, it, really? pretty soon. Yeah, that was the number they went over today. No mm-hmm. shit. No shit. A country that is... <clears throat> 60 million. A thousandth the size of China, I'm guessing, in population? Yeah, it's 60 million people in France, I believe. Oh, geez, less than... I, I mean, I didn't... Jesus that's not a current Christ. figure. That's like a figure I'm pulling up from yeah. memory, but it's not... Well, let's call it a 10,000th of the size of China. It yeah. has... Was that six times fatalities? Well, <clears throat> who's reporting what and, are, you know, who's dying from what? D- different discussion. But just say, that, yes, we, I recognize the potential mortality of this thing. Mm. But what I recognize further is that isolating people in their homes to contemplate their worth as human beings, if their worth or their identity is tied to a job and that job has been declared non-essential stripped of making an income stripped of having um you know some control over their livelihood therefore their destiny therefore their entire life fucking experience do you not think you stupid government fucks that this is going to have long-term consequences Mm. and potential blowback just saying i heard a statistic today um, that I will have more information Sorry on. Sorry for being not positive. I'm going to head right <laughs> in your direction. Outstanding. Um, <laughs> please so, confirm my bias, please. Um, the statistic <laughs> I heard today on another podcast that they're going to go through in depth uh, later this week that I'll listen to the whole thing and we can reconvene on this topic. But I guess numbers show for every 1%, the unemployment rate rises. Yeah. 40,000 people die within a six-year period based yes. on that number. 100%. And it's gone up 10%, I think. I, I did see something like that related to the 2008 financial crisis yeah. um, when they went in and reexamined sort of long-term um, health statistics, mm-hmm. you know, long-term mortality associated with this thing and, and an increased incidence of cancer and other um, d- diseases uh, in, in that time frame within, I think, two years after the t- yeah. 2008 financial crisis, you know, uh, uh, that, that were um, not in uh, sort of the normal statistical trajectory of those same conditions <clears throat> that, that, that you know, prior to that right. financial or that economic meltdown. I, I do think this is a little different because at some okay. point, I think the unemployment will go down because jobs will open up that are not allowed to at the moment. I don't yes. know when that'll happen. So people didn't lose their jobs in, you know, an economy that's open, I guess. Yeah. It, they lost them because they're non-essential workers. So at some point you presume like the movie theater is going to open back up and somebody's going to need to sell tickets or maybe not based on the way you just picked your head up. I don't know. But but this is <laughs> I think it's tied to what Sam was talking about is like, no, this isn't boredom. These people are actually in an <clears throat> unconscious way questioning their existence. worth, their existence, yeah. their their essentialness to society. 
Well, I saw I saw a street sweeper today on the freeway, and I was like, "Oh, that guy's super essential." Yeah, traffic reduced by fifty <laughs> percent or whatever. And but that, so, what doesn't make sense is like, okay, um, grocery stores are essential, really. Like in a population where sixty percent or more is overweight, we can't do without food. Well. <laughs> and then add the fact that you're going to tell certain organizations, and that didn't happen here; it happened, you know, some another country. But tell a certain organization that they can only deliver the items that we tell them. That as yeah. government officials, they can, you know, no, you, anything that's not essential, you can't deliver anymore. And if you do, we'll shut you down. And we're like, oh, well. how long do you think somebody that's overweight could go without food? Probably three months. Uh, I mean, really? yeah, well, I was going to say a year if they had the right. I mean, well, uh, I was, uh, three know. months for sure if they had electrolytes, minerals, and like a vitamin supplement. But what if water. what if water? Yeah. What, what if people? But didn't that's delivered to your home. It's weird. <laughs> what if people didn't have food for a while? What do you think the overweight person? How would they react? Panic. Yeah, definitely. Because they don't. They're not familiar with the sensations of hunger and realize that hunger pains actually subside after like two days, and you're just fine with it. What do you think? Wait, what, what you, you said? What do you say? You said panic. Yeah, I say riot. Yeah, well, that as soon as they can mobilize. Yeah, this I mean, was one of my from tweets. being immobile <laughs> when they could immobilize. Yeah, <laughs> no, they never mobilized immobilized. before. Yeah, <laughs> so I saw it really funny because a lot of people are eating a lot right now. They're stuck in their homes, and the behavior is when people are nervous, they tend to consume. Like, they like. Either out of boredom. I was going to say, or boredom, yeah. Yeah, boredom, which could be masking existential dread, which is also an eating habit. Like, oh, I got to deal with my existence and I'll just munch on something. Why do I buy bullets when I... Because you want other people to eat them? (laughs) (laughs) That's something I've been seeing on social media a lot is a lot of... I haven't seen guys doing it, but females, they're posting about how it's okay to not worry about what they're eating right now and not and and it's okay to be <laughs> well that's because be gaining weight that and they they are they're like all supporting each other in this and like, because okay. you can't have a wedding because that's a gathering of too many people the beaches are going to be closed so the whole beach body thing is out the fucking window <laughs> so the, go ahead fucking yes. pack <laughs> it on in the time when it is most important to be lean because obesity is the single highest predictor of chronic illnesses attached to bad COVID-19 disorders <laughs> right. so it, feel free what was it New York University NYU study but there's another one in France okay yeah that one too okay so this is now it's not just the you know those coastal people coming up with studies it's another country as well it's across an ocean yeah so for things that you can control obesity is the biggest predictor of problematic COVID-19 cases and a litany of other things but for sure (laughs) COVID-19 but now in a time important Keegan clearly (laughs) but that's not the message that's getting sent around because that might make people feel bad well, I'm telling from what I can tell, COVID nineteen makes you feel pretty fucking I was bad. About to say. <laughs> so, uh, would I rather have my feelings hurt, or would I rather have my lungs destroyed and potentially my life? And just to be fair, th- this is a real thing. If you are overweight, you could lose twenty pounds in a month safely. That you could go from being obese to just overweight, which would reduce your risk. You could do that in thirty days. It would take some drastic behavior. Some people might question it, but the the health effects, the positive health effects from losing a significant amount of weight really quickly and keeping it off would be to your advantage. But are, but but don't 
aren't there some pills I can take? Yeah, um, for sure. That keep me from having to do that? <laughs> yeah. Or are you talking about pills that actually like fen-fen and shit that's illegal but works like a motherfucker well, for fen, taking weight off? So um, <laughs> fentamine is not illegal. You okay. just have to get it prescribed. That is the the second fen in the fen-fen. Yeah. Right? Um, it will make you an asshole for sure because it is a methamphetamine okay. of source. So maybe <laughs> if you're going to self-isolate while taking the fentamine, um, you might want to do that on your own. Um, Are you also saying that maybe closing down grocery stores would help people less likely to get COVID-19? <laughs> well, yeah, because aren't we supposed to isolate to keep the disease at bay? So therefore, we're doing two things at once. It's a double whammy. We're lowering the rate of obesity and overweight people in populations in the U.S., and we're not exposing ourselves to the dangers of a grocery store. <laughs> Why aren't people on board with that? I mean, I, like I if I had to go without now. food from today, I'd be okay. I've fasted before. I know I'll be okay. I have enough fat on me to last at least, you know, a month. Hmm. How much, how long do you think I would last? Uh, most people have enough on them to last a month, hmm. uh, like four to six weeks. It's like, what, like I could, 30 I could fit into those clothes I used to wear in high school then. Yeah, Mark would be an issue. <laughs> I would say, what is it, like 30,000 calories of body fat or something? Yeah. Like an average, like not obese person. And then what you would see is, because if you really took this seriously, you would stop exercising because you want to prolong the fast and you don't want to spike hunger. And you'd start being really smart about the little bit of food that you have to eat. Mm-hmm. And so if you if you were smart, you'd set yourself up to start this fasting process so that you gradually, you know, it's rationing. It's what people have done for 190,000 years of human evolution. And right now, that's still the most important thing is to overeat. So, so I had some deep thought lately about <laughs> what it means perfect to be a consumer, like consuming more than you give back okay and and how do we become somebody who gives at least as much as we consume like back to i guess you would call say the earth yeah how do we become less of a consumer michael is is, or is that rubbing the, those thumps right now oh from is that for for dramatic effect no it's tightening it because it keeps moving okay Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was cool, you know. It's like like percussion in the background, like rumbling thunder, you know, to reinforce or emphasize what Sam is about to say. Yeah, I I just have been wondering about that lately. No, no, no. It's Nick Lat. It's yeah. Hmm. So, Sorry we're doing security check. Sorry to interrupt Sam. Go ahead. That's okay. <laughs> I mean, the, I don't the, know if we want it, to go down that road or not. No, it's it, it's it's absolutely a valid conversa conversation to have because I don't think most of most people, most of us, think in terms of um, trying to obtain sort of an equal a, a a give take or you know consume uh, regrow or something. The uh, type of equation in their daily existence is just like, oh, this is available. I'm just going to take it without, you know, well, and, and and thinking that I exchange money for this, therefore it's all equal. Yeah. When it may or may not be. Well, um, that's what commerce is. We're taught that you know the function of our society is to make a profit off of things. That means you're successful. <clears throat> so the idea inherently is the opposite of what you're talking about. Yeah. Which so is the to idea take is to, more is, than you actually give. No, it's to get over on the other guy 
yeah or whatever but well, it's take, take you yeah, know taking, taking value you, yeah. over yes. giving value yeah. and, and that, that that's why i kind of have a problem with the concept although i mean there there's equanimity in exchange between people who respect each other and it's like it can work but then we have this idea of man i gotta save for a rainy day therefore uh, no 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 one has that idea clearly <laughs> i mean they, ha they have the idea they don't live by it okay yeah, it's weird because people do kind of feel that way, but they don't live that way. I mean, they feel that way, but they don't live that way. You know, they buy the car that they owe for the rest of their life, right? So, yeah. but, but, and, and that's counting on things remaining the same or improving, which is also part of the, you know, the societal sort of marketing scam mm -hmm. of like, no, it's going to go, it's going to keep going like this and in fact improve. So, so the, the the way it's sold is like, yeah, you acquired, you, you went into debt, you created debt or used the concept of debt in order to acquire this thing that you cannot actually afford to own right now based on the promise that you will be making more money in the future. Mm, yeah. You will because think conditions will only improve because we'll get a new president who will just f turn the economy back on or <laughs> fire it up or, you know. What you know, whatever bullshit joke I was trying to make, but um, but it's an interesting thing because a lot of that behavior is based on, um, you know, it's like if I just do this now, I'll be rewarded in the future. When do you think that happened? Like that mindset, because like you know, like I, my grandfather's still alive; he was around for the Great Depression. Generations after that, like, but do you think he thought that way before the depression actually I don't, happened? I don't know, because I don't know. Like maybe. I'd have to ask him. I don't like, because post-World War One, you'd think like, well, fuck, it can't get any worse than this. So it's only going to get better. Therefore, you know, you maybe have a more positive outlook. I don't know. Uh, but I feel as far as at least consuming and spending, like, I, I don't I guess they didn't have as much money, but there wasn't as many outlets or ways to consume yeah. as there are now. But at some point there had to be a shift, right? Where all of a sudden it was just like more, more, more. Or we always been more, more, more. And we're just like... Uh, it. I mean, functionally, unless they're like the only references you can find are original indigenous tribes that tend to be egalitarian have like a balancing act. Um, it, it's a it's a fair exchange, like trading is trade right. for value for value. And then <clears throat> as far as I can tell, it changed. Um, I want to say it's the Phoenicians. Wait, egalitarian society. So that's basically where the dinner date came from, right? I buy you dinner. We go have you have sex with me. <laughs> is that egalitarian? <laughs> yeah. what, is, what does egalitarian well, mean? Egalitarian uh, is in this. People get this wrong. People think that it, it is a form of socialism, but it's uh, based. Holy fuck no! But it's not based. But, that's, but you're. I mean, it's not sorry, based was, on equally taking. It's about equally giving. It's actually the opposite of socialism. Yes. Mm. Um, in, in, so in most societies that had egalitarian systems, if you, if you were found taking more than you actually used and you were found hoarding, you're actually put to death. Like there's executions mm. for people who took more than they gave. And that's the way indigenous tribes yeah. are. So a hunt would happen and everybody would do their best to get what they could and put it into the community, like hunting, gathering, all of that stuff went into the community and then it was dispersed based off of need. 
Mm. Which and now is, we, sorry, go ahead. Now we do the opposite. Oh, now, now we think socialism is just like, oh, that, you know, the rich people work really hard. They put their stuff into a pot and then the poor people take it. That That's the opposite of egalitarian as far as mm. I can tell. And so the first form of when this switched that, that I can tell, I could be totally wrong on this, but I've been looking into it. All right. <laughs> the I'm fin- not like you guys. I got to look into it. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> and I believe it's the Phoenicians, which are known, uh, Phine- uh, has to do with the people by the Red Sea. The Phoenicians were some of the first to come up with uh, metal objects that represented value. And at the time, they were trading and sending off cattle to East Asia, and they're doing a lot of export issues. And cattle was represented of the the monetary system. If you have cattle, it's forthcoming right. in dairy and in meat because um, why it's an investment is because it has calves, and those calves are your interest. So how they would wager it is like, hey, if you send these cattle off, to give milk and then for meat as and soon as they have a calf they walk there themselves it's, yeah and then <laughs> what they would like require i got no back, transport costs man they're just walking <laughs> so what they would re- require back was the interest from cattle which is the calf and that became interest and then when they switched over to a monetary system that was based on representation of value because it was it's a lot easier to hold coins than a cow um they they wanted to keep the the same system, so they called interest a percentage of the loan. But it's not the same thing because a cow creates its own, and money does not create its own. Now, unless you have enough of it, I would say just the government. But, but that's but it isn't like there's no creation process there. It's multiplications, yes. and it comes. It's it's still taking, and we haven't understood that whenever you build value based off taking a resource, whether that's melting into gold or whether that's using up a piece of land and calling that value, the representation of that does not genetically reproduce itself. So it cannot have interest. But we've carried over this practice from ancient times that are so outdated just because they needed to like figure out a way to keep functioning at a higher level. Yeah. That's the best that I can that I can figure where it went wrong to begin with. And then it just extrapolated from there because what do you do? You can't, once you're going and you find comfort in the idea of like, well, it's easier to carry this money than to think. And you just lost the idea. Well, you know, you know, what's really lightweight, you know, it's a lot lighter than carrying money (laughs) is carrying money that doesn't exist. (laughs) And, 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 declaring so, that it also has value. I This is out there, and I haven't fully thought it through, so I would totally be willing for somebody to shoot this idea down. I think I could propose an idea that could change our monetary system. And it isn't a, it isn't a redistribution by wealth by stealing or by any revolution or by any taxation. Okay. We, Tyler Durden thought the same thing. True, but his was done by destructive act. Mine is actually the well, exact I opposite. Well, I call it creative artistic expression, but you <laughs> might call it destruction. It's so, a gray area. <laughs> here's what I propose. I think we have noticed that our value system based off of land and inheritability of objects. So m- most wealth is accumulated by assets, right? I own this. This is my land. This is my car. This is my money under my bed. Whatever the thing is. It's Private property. That, right. What if instead we just made a switch, and I think now is a really good time to do that because we realize um, that health is priceless. 
You cannot buy it. That is true wealth. You can foster it. You can create health by good practices. Now, it's still subject to chaos, like all things are, but it's insulated because it is real value, right? So okay. that that's the basis of it, is health becomes the most valuable thing. The second thing is that uh, health is passed down to generations like genetic code. And so are things that we create uh, that uh, help amplify and make efficiency out of energy creation. So energy always is what we're after. We're always looking for energy. We just represent it monetarily. But what if wealth, the true wealth and true value, we changed our perspective so that anybody that can come up with a design or a way to make energy extraction more efficient for the all of the people, for the inheritors of the earth becomes the wealthiest person. As in they're rewarded with not necessarily monetary structures, but the genius of their creation, right? They are um, the representatives of what humans should do, which was come up with a society that becomes more and more efficient, costs less and less and less to operate so that they can pursue art instead. Now, this is, it doesn't mean you can't do business. It doesn't mean you can't finagle other things. It just means you change the the, the pinnacle of achievement to something else. You've been having a lot of deep thought lately. <laughs> yeah, but how would you, who would be the person to reward the other person that so achieves it, that? If you, if you wanted, yeah, what's, what is the social exchange? Right. right is yeah. what you're asking. Yeah. Right. Um, I don't know. It, it's probably just, being able to create an understanding. Well, so power power is a social board, exchange, right? right? So when somebody creates something, like say somebody takes, I don't know, uh, they go, hey guys, this um, automobile thing needs to change. Doesn't mean we have cars, but there's a more efficient way to do it. I've devised a way that we can do it and it'll cost half and it'll produce half the toxic waste and it'll make us more efficient. Here's the blueprints, here's the plans, I'm gonna enact it. Maybe the way that we reward ideas that advanced the human culture or the civilization is we give them more leadership roles to help inform and develop other creative ideas for efficiency. And with that power comes obviously perks. Mm. Like in a hierarchical, like the person who's more productive deserves more, right? Because they, if you give them more resources, they will then generate more resources it's a it's an amplification of source mm. um i don't know if that's it doesn't necessarily mean you have to destroy the exchange of value based on a monetary system it just means we quit in we quit incentivizing people to just hoard money or money or doesn't quit, do anything we quit incentivizing mm. people to take as much as they possibly can without returning anything right your investments should be creative by like they should they should compound value themselves such as i created this thing and that idea creates other ideas it's like the uh, the idea of nuclear fusion whoever cracked that allowed us to create nuclear energy that's like a hundred times more efficient than coal energy and yeah there's still some things to figure out but they cracked a part of it but 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 the problem with that guy 
he just made all the coal on my land lose all of its value. Exactly. So I need somebody mm. in government to restrict the use of nuclear power so that I can continue living the way that I have become accustomed to because I happened to buy land that had coal on it. And this is why, this is exactly why it, it needs to change is because it quits the undercutting. Instead, it goes, oh, you came up with that idea? This is, that's why efficiency is the key. Entra like Figuring out entropy should be the only pursuit that the human civilization is trying to figure out. So just for the cheap seats, what I was trying to refer to there is that, that there, are, there, are, there is technology which has been rendered ancient and too costly, not only for the environment, which some people can't even wrap their heads around that concept, um, but to the people who live within this atmosphere that we all breathe and experience and whatever. Um, and, 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 and so be, because that old wealth is tied to the exploitation of resources that we no longer need to be tied to because in new technology has been invented, mm -hmm. If those people amassed so much wealth that they were able to buy uh, politicians or lobby, whatever, in order to keep their dead technology relevant mm. uh, is one of the reasons why we are where we are today. And that is not talking about a virus. That's just mm -hmm. except for the virus of stupidity. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or lack of forethought. There, there, there's obviously holes everywhere. There, there's obviously people that would take advantage of a system no matter no what. No matter what, because it's human yeah. nature, and that's why we have to fight it. And I don't want, I don't want to... Look, I, you know, dude, I can't fight. It's human nature to seek out efficiency, so we should use human nature in order to move forward. We know people are looking for a more energy-efficient, cost-effective way to live. They do it by cheating yes. a system. They do it by cutting corners. We should just promote the idea. Actually, we we do want you, we want you to figure a way so you don't have to work so hard. And as the benefit to that, if your idea is good enough and actually promotes other people not having to work so hard, you are rewarded exponentially by that. People wouldn't know what to do, man. They would. They would set about coming up with creative, like you. No, if they didn't have to work so hard, <laughs> we'd go right back to Sam's discussion of like, man, I'm, is it, am I, I'm having an existential crisis or am I just bored with all this free time that I have because <laughs> I don't have to work right now. But I'm totally fucking with you. Just yeah, but, I, and, but on a serious <laughs> note, like the, your identity is not, it's not attached to the, like the role that you're giving. It's attached to the competitive drive to make all humans better. Why would I make other people better if then I have to compete with them to get mine? Because you've noticed what I'm entitled if you've, to. Because if you've ever been in it to a a, com, a competitive like a, a sporting event, competition gets better when the highest competitors are around each other more frequently. Like it drives the in, the inertia to seek out higher higher levels of performance. Wait, when I'm competing <laughs> in something and someone is performing better than I am and what that thing is I even despite Tony you know, Harding the, yeah. <laughs> see there's the human nature and you'll notice that that was not a fist fight that I believe was a crowbar right. anyway um, <laughs> and it wasn't a fight it was just I think it was just one motion and run away and run away yeah so 
But what I'm saying, what I'm trying to refer to there is that, that, oh, when there's more competition, I actually, my performance, my own participation is elevated beyond what I might be able to do on my own. Like I see people performing better. That gives me permission to also do the same. Is that what you're talking about? Like I could, I could be more creative. I could be more, um, uh, you know, athletic if we want to go back to fitness and not that we were ever there in this particular podcast, but like competition in a sense um, improves my own ability as a contributor to this utopian society that you appear to be talking about right now. Well, and, and that's because like competition, most people get it wrong that it, that there's it, that it's a win lose scenario. And that is not true. Like true competition at the highest levels are win win scenarios. You're both excelling and having a chance at something. True competition is win win. But our competitive drive right now, our incentive is that we don't win unless somebody else loses. Therefore, I, well, I don't even want to compete unless I can make someone else lose. Hint: sarcasm, you fucks. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, but but you're but you're absolutely right. It's like no one, people don't necessarily want to win for the sake of. Um, enhancing their own consciousness uh, they they want to win in order to suppress someone else's well i mean isn't all anybody really wants is to like add value to like feel like they're adding value to their group's lives in a sense it's a it's a tribal thing right well, and in competition you're you're with a group of people that you're similar to and so you're trying to show your worth to them in a sense right isn't that that's part of it right it is part of it. I think you're probably right about the first statement about people inherently want to add value, but people um, irrationally or possibly don't know that they want that. They don't realize how important that feature is. Yeah. Therefore, they rely instead on adding value, they rely on the monikers that represent success because they think that's the same thing. I'm going to compete. Yeah, right. I'm going to compete. I'm going to win. I'm going to get paid. Yeah. And that's a, kind of as far as it goes. It's not like I am going to do the best that I can here to set an example for other people to rise towards. Like, I'm not going to defeat them. The point is to elevate them by showing them what's possible. Yeah. Uh, there comes a question. This this becomes a hard question to answer, especially with our, like, current ethics, because in an egalitarian society, the question of, look, what do you do with the losers? And I don't mean losers like, well, you know, they're, they're guys just downtrodden was... people. But then there's also like people that suffer from psychosis or, you know, mental illnesses that don't allow them to function properly. And in an egalitarian society, they dash their skulls on the rocks. Well, let's just <laughs> let's just um, take this back to the beginning of the conversation. <laughs> Someone needs to clean the streets. Yeah, that could add value. <laughs> so my, like going through the competition, I was obviously a team sports guy. We've talked about this before. But in like the whole everybody gets a trophy scenario in which is our lives these days where, you know, from any age from, you know, adolescence to you get out into the real world when those rules don't apply, you go, oh, you played the game. Here's your trophy mm -hmm. where when I played sports like I played soccer, I fucking sucked at soccer. And I went from, oh, I'm really good at these things. I'm really bad at that. You were a I found, full back. Yeah. <laughs> I, I found out what I wasn't good at. Mm which then informed what I was good at, and I went and focused on those things where everybody's like, no, no, you're good at baseball. Just play up through high school, but you don't ever 
go experience other things now because you realized you either weren't good at something and then focused on it entirely to get better at it or... Dude, that part of the bench needs to stay warm. <laughs> you wouldn't want the bench to be cold. That's a, that's a good point. So, and, but, and you you covered like at least one and a half spots on that bench, man. You were... It was a good bench warmer for soccer. <laughs> <laughs> but does that make sense? Like, yeah. Do you see where I'm going with that? I do. I, I, I honestly think, I think most of these problems, when you ask the question of like... Wait, wait, wait one second. If you, uh, yeah, if you are rewarded, even though you're it's not the thing for you right like you like you the, you you don't perform well because it's not your thing well you try out for the little league team if, and now it's like everybody makes it yeah where when i played it was like 300 kids and 60 kids made it and you're, yeah and so you're you, done yeah you, i mean you got the satisfaction of knowing you were good enough to beat 240 other kids but then as 240 other kids granted parents had to go home and parent that situation those kids also could now you know maybe music's their thing or art's their thing and they would have never experienced that if you were just like, Had they go sit on the bench for not this fucking made the little team. league team. Yeah. yeah. Again, bad incentives, which is... Yes. Uh, I mean, the, the, I think at the heart of most of these things, like what is the real incentive and what's the cost of that incentive? There's going to be give or take with pretty much everything that you incentivize somebody to do. Like you tell, and this is an AI problem, you say, hey, I want to make the perfect uh, paperclip bender. It, it's, it's just going to turn everything into a paperclip and you don't set the parameters closely it starts fucking turning humans into paperclips or whatever like that that's the fear is that without like very specific incentives that are have known variables on each side you're going to run into issues like that right wasn't there a book about that with gold touching stuff anyways keep going <laughs> yeah yeah king midas or whatever yeah it's it's i mean they're again Par yeah. parables have known this kind of shit for a long time it's a problem there, Keegan. Like nobody wrote about minus or minimus or maximus or whatever, who everything he touched turned into a paperclip. I thought you were going to say like, a pile of shit. <laughs> paperclip. Yeah. I, mean, there's, I don't know. Paperclips are useful. But on that uh, note. Piles of shit are, can be and, fertilizer. And this is, this, is where, this is where it's like there's so much room for variability. Even total yes. pieces of shit like Rob McDonald have <laughs> a place in the training world. Like the, there's people that respond really well to him. Uh, and that, that that's like, you know, that's kind of a, I, I guess the most wiggle room I'll give him is that like, you know, he's not my style, but I wouldn't take that away from somebody. Like if people are having good success, you know, doing the Holy Trinity and eating steak and getting C diff, fuck yeah. Like maybe that that is what's for you. Like I don't want to take that away from there is not one way to do this and there's enough variability, but we've been handed this idea that you can be all things to everything. Yes. And that is an impossibility. Yeah. And, and we need to get rid of that impossibility and show that, you know, not that we should be, I don't believe that humans are specialists. I think, I think that the, one of the only animals that are not specialists, we are really good generalists. And the more general we are, the smarter we are. That, that's why artificial intelligence for a single idea is really, that's straightforward. We can build the best chess players in the world, the best Go players in the world, our computers. We can't even fathom how to get the, computer that does the best go also to do chess because that becomes generalized two tasks are multiplications differ exponentially different than one task so that ai will never play soccer even at the level keegan failed to achieve <laughs> yes yeah 
And, and there you go. That's a pretty the, good goalie. Yeah. You take size. up a lot of space <laughs> in the front. When, yeah. you're, also, when you're 10 and 200 yeah. pounds, it's good. You don't need to be in this hierarchical race to be the most appreciated thing. That might be a bad incentive. What it could be is, and th- this is how I think about it, because we all know people that are kind of downtrodden and beat down. Like, I was like that. I woke up every day. And I, I mean, I still got shit done. But it was kind of like, oh, what the fuck is the point of any of this shit? It was an existential crisis almost every day. It is frustrating. And I turned to like a pessimistic, nihilistic view of the world where black holes are like, well, let's just fucking worship those because they eat up everything. And that's what the world feels like. But that's because the world makes you feel like that. It allows you to feel the dread because your incentive is, well, if you don't have a BMW by the time you're 30, you're fucking a failure. It goes because, back to the consumer culture, right? Exactly. If you're not yeah. consuming and, and buying into the system where you have the two kids and the house and the thing, comparatively, people are like, well, what are you doing with your life? Because that's our incentive to success. We've been sold this idea. And I think if we change that instead of... You know, we have these harsh judgments about what people are lacking because we have an idea of what it takes to make it, but not everybody needs to be that. There is room in this world for people to sit on a quarter, get high all day, and stare at the sun. There just is. Who cares? If that? Right. If you want that to be your experience, because what's the difference between sitting in your room blasting yourself away with some fucking high strain THC and playing call of duty all day. And the monk that goes sits in a cave for six months and doesn't talk to anybody. The result is the fucking same. They're having an experience. And oh, I thought you were going to say enlightenment, but I never thought be. about those comparisons. Dude, but, uh, they really are the same fucking thing. And you may actually, and they may actually, you know, be th- seeking the same, mm. you know, sort of end state, if you will. One, the monk consciously the other you know high video game player whatever unconsciously but that but i think you're right that the 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 internal drive whether recognized or not may well be the same yeah separate yourself from society don't like choose not to participate that is an answer too yeah and but we have enough resources to support that infrastructure well here's how i would counter that i would i would say that the person that's playing the video games and smoking weed all day they're they're trying to escape from their minds whereas the person in the cave is going into their minds and trying to understand it right but the theory of polarity is that they're actually the same because one cannot exist without the other so a conscious Mm -hmm. mind takes an unconscious mind in order to operate just like light requires dark in order to become light so that hurts my brain <laughs> well, what well, it's a, like, excellent. Pick up your guitar, please. And, uh, express that. <laughs> Here's I mean, here, this is an which, is, which is also sort of a you know if uh, like I can't understand this. It makes me feel agitated a certain way. Some part exploration, part destruction. You know, whatever. So, well, I'm gonna use this tool that I've learned you know how to use in order to express that distress. And all of a sudden, that takes me to the same place where the monk is. And that's the music that dude's listening to when he's playing Call of Duty. I mean, that is like... Well, Sam, polarity is a really important aspect of this whole ideal. Because right now, like, you need need people that are on a different wavelength doing different things in order to realize what you don't want to do. 
You need that mm. contrast. You need the pothead that's playing video games that like eats a little bit too much, has bad skin, doesn't have good relationships to go, man, I don't want to end up like that. That's not the experience that I want to have. Also, perhaps if we treated that person differently in his in the idea, instead of like saying that's a waste, appreciating the fact that he can do it and tell him to have a good time. Hey, and when you're ready to be productive, there's ways to be productive. You mm. will have learned skills that other people don't have. For sure. I mean, I, a friend of mine was um, prior military, et cetera, went, for, went to work for one of the intelligence services. Um, uh, no longer with us, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he had a son, he, he was just like, man, you might think it's a waste of time, but my son is going to grow up playing fucking video games because that the skills mm-hmm. that he will learn in terms of mm-hmm. perception, uh, reflex, ability to monitor multiple sort of scenarios potentially you know by way of different screens might be will will be something that the that the that will be valued in the future Mm. and not just like yeah you're going to sit in some place in nevada and fly drones and you know whatever it's not that it's base it's like look the, the 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 mental acuity and facility that comes from playing these games when later uh extrapolated or, or you know uh, transferred into a different requirement will be invaluable mm-hmm. and i was just like man because we were having the discussion i was like i hope that kid you know pl- grows up playing outside and eating mm-hmm. dirt and stuff and he goes i don't want him to be a peasant yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean and i was like he'll have a great immune system but he'll <laughs> but it, but it will that that will not give him skills transferable to the society of the future mm. uh, and i think that's true like and, uh, my mom and so was therefore if you can take the video game player yeah. out of the basement mm-hmm. you know whatever scenario you imagine people play video games in um and 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 and, and demonstrate to them that the skills that they have acquired mm-hmm. in terms of sensitivity you know spatial aware you know whatever um and, and apply them to something else it has value it may not have value in the way that it, exp- it is expressed right now right um you know vis-a-vis whatever perception about society you have but they are not useless skills or a useless and it's not a useless psychological condition that is developed by them necessarily Mm. Right, uh, because I would argue, and this is like a total like fucking boomer thing to complain about, is like them not teaching cursive in school. And I go, you can't even open a fucking PDF. Like you have no, like you have no, you have not adapted to where we're at. So what's more important, playing video games or learning handwriting? Oh fuck, I had to think. So <laughs> I, I couldn't tell if I was getting trolled the other day, but I. I posted the, you know, the, uh, um, I reposted something that Rob Jones had put up, mm-hmm. which was basically like, yeah, I'm at, I'm at home and I'm, and I'm making a plan. And he had, you know, some books and then some, uh, a legal pad and he had some handwriting on it. And I was, and, and Rob Jones, if anybody, you know, is interested, he's running for Congress in uh, VA 10 um, in, in Virginia right now. Rob Jones uh, was, he was a Marine, lost his legs to an IED, was told he would never walk again, so he ran a fucking marathon. Yeah. He was told all kinds of shit that he would never do again. It's not just one marathon. He ran multiple marathons. He rode his bike across the country from Maine to, you know, San Diego in the fucking winter. He, you know, won, uh, he, he went to the, 
the Olympics. You could call it the Paralympics and denigrate it if you want. But he went to the Olympics. He won bronze medal in rowing with a girl who, you know, happened to, you know, be born shortly after Chernobyl and was all messed up, et cetera. Um, anyway, so I, I was talking about him the, the other day with somebody else. And I was just like, I wouldn't want to run against that dude. Mm-mm. Like he's done everything he was told he couldn't do after service, you know, to, you know, being injured in service of his country. And then and, and so part of his thing is just like, hey, service before self. And so I posted this thing and somebody said, I'd rather vote for or I'd, I'd more likely support X than someone whose child writing looks like or whose handwriting looks like it was done by a child. And I was just like, well, I'd rather have Rob Jones representing my, me, you know, my area in, you know, in, in, as a member of Congress than someone who behaves like a fucking child who like just wants to take his ball and go home every time he doesn't get his way. And um, anyway, I could have been, we're st- we're having a civil conversation. It has continued after that, but I was just like, wow, there's an arbitrary judgment based on handwriting. Right. But we've been taught to do that. We've been taught to like, separate identify make a harsh judgment oh, and then to, to discriminate not i mean discrimination is a no, sub- no i'm just sorry i'm just saying because discrimin- part of discriminate is i mean part of the def- one of the definitions is to, to separate sort yeah yeah to separate mm-hmm. but, create a hierarchical sort of relationship with something based on whatever my values and my perceptions if are. discrimination oh, yeah. adds up as a way to make fast judgments in order to uh, not make decisions, but to ask better questions, not a negative thing. Also to make decisions, because in certain situations right. that is appropriate. Yeah, left or right. And I need to understand, you know, what's going on in the right or left in order to go which way. And yeah. so I'm discriminating. Uh, Between vis-a-vis. possible options. Right. But there's something inherently wrong that happens when you get to the point where you think you have revealed an answer and that it is it that it is correct beyond belief like yes. it, that it's correct that it's that it's um empirically correct that my handwriting i write all caps my cursive like i yeah. refuse i revolted against the whole cursive thing at a very you know before i knew that it was even going to be a thing right um and so you can whatever assess my personality go ahead i'll i will actively try to prove you wrong whatever decision whichever way you go it could be positive and your handwriting is better than mine <laughs> well, i was just say who who here has used cursive i write in all caps as well i've done yeah. it since like the sixth grade i don't even know cursive Nice. Like yeah. my signature when I sign things looks different every fucking time. The best part is my mom oh, dude, writes a look at just, 10 consecutive <laughs> copies of Refuge. Go, the dude doesn't even know how to sign his own name consistently. <laughs> how do we know it's really Mark? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's emphasis on the M, sometimes on the T, sometimes the I doesn't even exist. And you know? always the F. I, uh, oh, for sure. The, the F is, is proud. The only it's class in, the in my mind that stands out as something that was beneficial was when I took a typing class in 11th grade. That's like the only thing I know without a doubt I use every fucking day and, and I have since that, that and day. That, and, and you took a ty- that typing class put you, if, if you did well in it or whatever, you know, found that class useful, that catapulted you ahead of all the motherfuckers learning how to, you know, write cursive right. unless they, they, you know, work for Hallmark and, you know, design fucking positivity cards. I mean, I've watched my dad work on a computer. He, he works on a laptop every day of his life and it's yeah. the... 
you know, the oh, index yeah. fingers. And, <laughs> I mean, he's he's efficient hey, at it, but hey, at the same time. Hunt and peck, index fingers, that is the best for hate typing. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I did. There's no thing better than to hear Michael just like stabbing the fucking, I'm just like, whoa, we're going to have to get him a new keyboard I, I, pretty soon because that one is wearing out. Is yeah. my, my 11th grade teacher did call me a pecker at one point by the way that I typed. Nice. Yeah, it was nice. She was, hey, she was would, pretty hot. Woodpeckers make holes in trees. Yes, they do. Yeah. But going back to the <laughs> to the the point you were making about people playing video games, because I think it applies a lot to what's happening right now, because it's what a lot of people are doing, smoking weed and playing video games all day. I see, I've noticed the value of, of having those people as examples for how I want to live my life by seeing how they live their life. But, but when the apocalypse is happening, how much are those how how much do we want those people to be a part of our group how much can they contribute to it you know it's like it's great for technology maybe technology purposes if potentially virtual what's, reality purposes or what's something the apocalypse wait 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 have you heard the term cannon fodder <laughs> I, I haven't used so, it often. Yeah, yeah. This is right. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Anyways. I was just like, if they were looking anyways. for some, you know, I don't know. Does anybody still use cannons? I, uh, <laughs> I think start. I think yeah. Keegan has a good point. It's important to recognize that an apocalypse is is referring to our own self importance. The world yes. will never end, actually, until this mm. star swallows it or burns out or something else happens. Hence, always a pers- black, the black hole worship. Always right, yeah. black hole worship. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's important to realize that, like, and I think that that gives a different attitude instead of, like, a human-centric one, right, where we're, like, we are the center of the universe still, even though we have identified that, in fact, we are not the center of the universe, but we still act like it. Our existence is the most important thing bar none. And I think if that goes away and we start realizing that, you know, the thing that we're a part of, the synergistic effect that life on earth is, is the most important thing. And we are either helping that or hurting that, Mm. then it changes your part in it. But we're not taught that. Like a, a lot of cultures are taught that. They're taught you know, touch the ground, walk on it, like feel the, like feel mm. the tree. It's very like spiritual, socio economic have to do with you putting your hands in the earth and appreciating that you're a part of this thing. Yeah. And that's, that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, I think the reason why everybody wants to stamp their last name on everything is because they have a bad relationship with death. They, they, I mean, I think that's why People get the all all the Christian religions and all. Can that. we all just yeah. like please clap at the same time? Because <laughs> yes, you don't have to clap. Yes. Sam, you said it. Cheered <laughs> myself. I on. just no. wanted to do it. That is, yes, it's like lasting. Mo- I don't want to be forgotten. Legacy. Well, nobody even noticed you, so right. it's not an issue. You know, in some ways, uh, you know, on the one hand, but you're but you're right. I want to yeah. create a lasting impression yeah. on this society or the world that I live in. And if I can't, and the, who, who carves their name in a fucking tree? Well, someone who is irrelevant to the people around them. Therefore they have to scar the environment. Mm. It, it goes back to the consumer culture. We we've been taught our value is based on how much we consume to some degree. And that's, I think that's also at least in part why religions like Christianity are so huge because when you die, you still get to be a human to some degree. You still get to take yourself and then you just get given more things instead of, <laughs> instead of what, 
instead of what literally <laughs> happens, which I, I research what happens after you die, when you die, uh, your the bacteria in your gut, it leaks out and it starts eating the insides of your body. And then what happens is the flies start getting in your eyes and your orifice and they start laying eggs and the maggots come out and then they eat your whole body and then beetles start eating you. And you literally go back to the earth. That's you giving back to the earth. And no matter what, people have to give back, but they don't want to. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot lately is like, people just have a, they just don't understand. They just can't accept what literally happens when you die. But, th you but that's also back. because they can't literally accept where they came from or how they came to be. Yeah, it's accepting. And if you don't accept that you came from the earth, that the species came from the earth, and then, you know, yeah, there's a reproductive process. Whatever. And that's another but, thing but, with the religion, right? It's like they didn't, they came from a pre-existence, yeah. whatever that means, you know. Who created or the dinged, creator? Yeah. Let's just like, let's just. Uh, yeah, we'll it, play the, the Russian doll set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, like, wait, is, does he, see, but it gets, the, the funny thing about the Russian doll set is it, that the. That's the, my favorite the, answer. It, it's it, turtles all the way down. It, <laughs> <laughs> no, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller until you can't see it. Therefore, you can't understand it. Therefore, it's a stupid fucking question to engage in the first place. So let's just mm. believe it. Um, let's just take it at face value. But uh, Tall many, dude, white hair. How many of these things or, can be taught? I mean, we're taught that we have to pay taxes. So why aren't we taught that we have to pay a universe tax? which is giving your body back to the earth. We are. It's called COVID-19. <laughs> I mean, that's the teacher. Sorry. I, I think that seems like a, a quarterly tax. Not the <laughs> you, know, you know what's funny about the COVID-19? If, it, if it's mostly is just killing unhealthy people, it's taking the people that do concert, consume more than they give. It's like forcing them to give back to the earth in a sense. You were afraid yeah. of this? So, Fucking, oh, can we just do this again? Oh, yeah, we can do that. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, we, I think we can say without a shadow of a doubt it is killing unhealthy people. Because yeah. if it was killing healthy people, it would be killing everybody. Yes. Like, we're not going like, it, it, oh, it, that person, that random outlier that's healthy has made it. Like, no, healthy people. Then, like, yes, there's unhealthy people making it too. But having a healthy, functioning immune system... And all these other things are like that's it's not killing those people. So healthy yeah. people are surviving. All right. So this mm -hmm. is this is a really interesting point that I that I've kind of made a joking comment on from the very beginning. Um, as in, they say uh, there's no underlining conditions. The assumption is that person is healthy, but if they die, we should assume that they weren't healthy, and we should try to find out why they weren't healthy. And and that's what they're finding with the obesity. No, but thing. there's but there's no reimbursement for that. <laughs> And that would also involve most likely the, what, I don't know if it'd be the World Health Organization or health experts across the world probably saying they were wrong about the gigantic fucking gaps we have in like, oh, you're normal. Oh, you're low normal. You're high normal. Oh, we've bumped all these things up because now we just give you a pill and we can call it healthy or but normal like the whole is, system's fucked. Normal is always like that condition is always dependent on a sampling of society. And right. that is why being overweight is considered normal because it is the majority. Yeah. And so that should indicate to everyone that, you know, <laughs> what is considered normal is, you know, is based on that sampling of society. And that that doesn't necessarily mean healthy. It just means common. Yeah. What is the most common condition? And therefore, we consider that healthy. Right. The it shows how terrible statistics are because wherever your set point is will decide whether there's a give or take 
whether it's a positive or negative, is based off the assumption that you're identifying a correct set point. But we've never correctly identified a set point for a human being. Uh, we don't know. It's too it, it, it's too complex well, to identify. Well, it might hurt someone's feelings if we did. Yeah, that'd be bad. But I think those numbers have <laughs> moved, right? Like from 50 years ago, 60 years ago to now, like the yeah. gaps within like what's considered normal have changed. Yeah, but that was so long ago that what they considered normal is obviously wrong. So can we make America thin again? No, that would be impossible. <laughs> well, yeah. The, the nation would um, flip over like that island if, <laughs> that Josh was talking about, <laughs> Guam. <laughs> that part. we could try to make a America. Like, isn't that what COVID nineteen's <laughs> gonna do? Is like, hey, if we're going, if 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 it's a virus that's going after fat, but why why am I scared? Why do why do I think that this virus is a negative thing? If the majority of the people that is killing are fat, well, here's here's why we are absolutely unprepared for something that shows how fragile. Yeah, it's we true. Are. I am a thin fascist. Uh, (laughs) it is but um we have declared lean people do great things yeah we have declared war fat people are just on a thing that we can't see that is solving almost all of our problems it's it's getting us to pay attention as a collective species it is cleaning our air it is cleaning our water it is it is showing people how important it is to be healthy and yet we're going to try to destroy it as opposed to actually embrace the power of it and let it do its selection process. No, we're going to try and destroy something else, i.e. focus people's attention on something else. Sure. So that they will not um, be continually excoriating us as politicians for our um, you know, response that appears to be inadequate. So can I lay wrong. down my prediction here? Let's do it. All right. So... <clears throat> <laughs> seems to me that this country is rife for revolution of some sort. I don't know which one it is because left and right don't serve any purpose in this kind but, of... Well, we we don't know which one it will be, but we know which, which one it will not be. True. And that's a revolution of consciousness. Right, correct. Okay, so that's not happening. Right. <laughs> so looking at, uh, you know, from a leadership standpoint, understanding how much turmoil and, and uh, what kind of power grab and what kind of questioning will come towards your own behavior, you seek to distract so that the people can come together for one cause. My prediction... And view you as a leader. Yes. My prediction um, is that in order to turn the economy around and gear the people towards one thing, a tool of mass destruction would be easy to point the blame at China and focus all our energy at going to war with them. It will also place dear leader in a position where he can remain in a position because wartime presidents are more likely to be elected. Um, and he would also have a great number of allies, i.e. every country mm-hmm. um, who um, had suffered from se- severe economic mm-hmm. impact from the existence of this virus, and all you got to do is like release the propaganda machine and say it was a, it was a, it, it, it was created in a laboratory for this express purpose. It got out of hand, and not, and 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 China never imagined as a nation that you know whatever experiments that they were doing um, would cause every other fucking country in the world to unite uh, against them. Can I just point out that it doesn't Except matter Sweden. whether it was purposeful or accidental. Oh, I, don't, I don't think it fucking matters. It the exists. Res- therefore, but people should people should think about that now before 
hundreds of thousands of people die in the case of blame. Oh, in in the in the uh, application of yeah. blame and and the execution of one's distress uh, regarding that blame. Yeah. yeah, and it's tough to say because there's some articles. I don't know how you know. I don't know how worthy are uh, of of recommending because I mean. One so was what we're saying, what, what you're saying is, look, a Chinese squirrel. Yeah, and then no one will look at you. Right. And okay. then we won't have to deal with our own problems inherently as a society fissured because we're torn on, I don't know, we should probably just split the fucking country in half and say, hey, you want to live under theocracy, go to Texas. You want to live under, you know, uh, gender identification and all 47 of them, go go to California. Like, um, <laughs> But if you want to live under heightened consciousness, um, I'm sorry, we have no place for you. Colorado. Well, we do, but it's called Atlantis. We just don't know where it is. <laughs> Colorado, everything's legal. <laughs> Not quite. But it could be. Is Oregon getting there too? Uh, close. I mean, California is p- getting pretty close. Mm. Legal with everything but going outside. <laughs> I mean, Or running your own business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then just tax through the... Uh, I mean, at this point, who really gives a shit about taxes? Uh, I mean... It, in reality, like how much we're paying with everything, with every what's, with your what's, soul. What's today? It's not. It's tax Today's, day. It's tax day today. Yeah, but it's not. So who gives a shit about cat taxes? You will give a shit on June fifteenth. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I've already kind of done all the work, so I'm just waiting for some stuff to file. We're seeing. Yeah, no, no, I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of joking. And I honestly, let's just, I mean, if we're going to talk taxes, yeah, um, let's just say that tax day should be. The Friday before Election Day. That is a really good idea. The re- it's six months away from the elections. Yeah, on purpose. You got fucking raped, and by the time it's time to you elect somebody new, you forgot about it, and you, um, and and then by the time it's time to pay again, you also forgot who was doing it. Yeah, like it's too long. It's like it. It is a full year. I think it's a real part of the. System strategy. It's all made up. Yeah, of course. Hmm. I, I honestly, I, I do, and that's you know, I mean, that's that why I have a tinfoil cons- hat. You know, <laughs> yeah, mean, blah blah blah. But but is why that a conspiracy is, theory? Why, why was it actually like? Uh, I mean, it's why people get fired on Fridays. Yeah, or why <laughs> all people the, usually get fired on Fridays? Yeah, because then they can't come fuck up the. Then they have the weekend. To, to kind of chill out and go to church and yeah. ask God, you know, they why get, it happened. Go get drunk, and, and then Monday they have to worry about their lives. That was again. the problem. <laughs> they didn't announce the shutdown on a Friday. Well, so and that's that is why you know a lot of sort of political bad news goes out on Friday. Mm. I don't know. Oh right, yeah. Also, you know, whatever, like, hey, we got to announce this thing, but nobody's paying attention because it's the weekend. So that's when you do it. It's. I mean, and that's just, you know, part of a human nature thing. And if you're like, hey, I don't want to be held responsible for this. I'm going to try and make sure that people don't notice it. And then I can also, you know, later when they do notice it, say, hey, we we said that. Yeah. It's fucking 1130 Friday night. It's so fucking bizarre that we have a calendar system and a way of living that's so predictable that we know when and when not to do things like that. Yeah. Or when to do things like that. 
Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I get like, you, here, they're not paying attention on Saturday morning because they're not conscious. So yeah, like you we, can almost with a great deal of certainty say like what percentage of the country is going to be hung over Saturday morning because they yeah. all work nine to fives and they can't wait to get out of work Friday to go to the fucking bar they've been going to for however 20 long years yeah or... so fascinating thing about that like i'm, I'm kind of curious we went we now today i think it, um total number of deaths in utah from covid19 20 Ooh. x number of infections whatever hmm. so like why is that is it because there are less fat people here eh, maybe doubt it doubt it though um but guess what the incidence is the incidence of um, alcohol use and smoking are the lowest in the country. Whoa. Oh. That makes sense. Oh, shit. Yep. No, it is Mormon true. Saving, saving the game here. Uh, I mean, you can't argue. <laughs> I mean, in some ways, you can't argue against it in that, in, in that regard. But, sure. but then, I mean, and then if you look around, well, that's a kind of a bit the carefree attitude. Yeah. You know, with regard to this, it's like it, it won't come here. And it's not a religion. You know, it's not like God will protect us. It's like, oh, our behavior that has been imposed by our religion is actually functionally protecting us. <laughs> is it uh, is it carefree or is no, it no, actually no. I mean oh and I'm asking it like a, a real it was question. a mis- it was uh, I chose the wrong word but go with it. But other people will describe this as like oh my god people are like going around and doing stuff. Yeah, it isn't here yet. And that like there's an there's no reason to shutter the fucking windows if the tornado is a week away. But what if it came here well, then, overnight? Well, like, what if it was a, you again, know, what if we were wrong? And that's why a we, system that falls see, because it was here, fragile not, deserves to fall. We haven't been <laughs> behaving properly here. Mm. Therefore, the great creator, you know, we haven't been re- behaving properly in relation to the virus. Therefore, the great creator, not the one that created the religion, but some other great creator sent earthquakes instead. Trump? Uh, I, <laughs> man, do you think he's got like a red phone where he, no, it'd be a blue phone, right? He'd dial up and say, hey, earthquake to Utah, please. <laughs> you know, I, or, I or it was white and it's now orange, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, no, the orange handprint because he and forgot to wear the gloves <laughs> when he was getting the spray tan. But, um, <laughs> uh, but, but just the... The, you think he'd get I, mad if you handed him a large glove? No, he'd think he'd think that was a sign. <laughs> OJ's of glove would have fit his hand. <laughs> Donald Trump fits the OJ glove. <laughs> Just putting it out there. Yeah, yeah. People. It, so, so back to the COVID nineteen. I thing. really do think Donald Trump murdered Nicole <laughs> and Ron, and them together. <laughs> okay, you, I know where you're going with that. You know. <laughs> That OJ did it for one reason. If you're a dog person, I'm not that familiar. What? Nicole owned an Akita. Oh, if an unknown person had come into that yard or that house, yeah, that dog would have fucked it up. It's true. So whoever killed her was known to the dog. Oh, look at Mark. Where was Bre- he on breaking the- cases wide open? <laughs> Seriously, you should have been on the prosecution. <laughs> uh, sorry, and we'd just, like to call Mark Twight, <laughs> fellow <laughs> Akita owner. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hypothetical. Yeah, I didn't even know that. You're like, like uh, excuse uh, me, Your Honor, could I see that glove? Slap. Here's yeah. some facts. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, just saying. <laughs> nice. I, you know, whatever. Dude, um, so and that might be urban legend. I don't fucking know. I, I just say it confirmed my own bias, so I'm down with it. I was in high school when that was all going on, and he had won. He had won the um, uh, the criminal case, and then he was up for the civil case. And I remember he lost that. In my, I was I was in history class that day, and my teacher was so excited that he poured shots of orange juice for everybody what? in the class, and we toasted to, to justice. That's hilarious! You're just like yeah. because you, you because drank the juice that really it, happened. <laughs> And so the MVP award goes, or like the uh, all-time running back, whatever award goes back to Walter Payton. Ooh, nice. Or something. I can't remember. Yeah, I don't even remember. It was so long ago now, I don't remember even any of the jokes, but yeah. whatever. <laughs> uh, now I realize how... But nobody drives a white Bronco anymore. I'm, I don't know if anybody noticed that. How subversive <laughs> my history teacher was. Right on, Mr. Musa. Yeah. Right Mr. Fucking, Musa. Yeah, yeah Musa. Nice. <laughs> Dude, that's hilarious. I didn't think about it at the time. I was like, yeah, he's probably guilty. Whatever. Okay, I'll have a shot of orange juice. <laughs> Jeez, that is good. Uh, all right. So no actionable uh, advice for you about how to maintain your fitness, um, you know, while you're isolated, which I hope you're not. I hope you're outside because... I was say, there's people outside in Utah all over the place, walking, hiking, running, skateboarding, rollerblading. They must have read that study about who recovered from the Spanish flu faster. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking, yeah. which is also on another episode. Yeah. <laughs> well, actually, that's unrecorded. But right now, based on other think. states, we're doing everything wrong, and we're doing fucking great. I know, I get it. Like, it's not here yet, but at the same time, like, it is here. Yeah. And it's it the most been. contagious thing that's ever happened in the world of contagions ever possible, or for how people make it sound. So, for having however many thousands of cases we have, it's sure not spreading that fast. Is it true that H1N1 killed 80,000 Americans? Yeah. I think it's something like 60 to 80. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I. I read that and I was like, oh, wow, that's a lot of Americans that, that like we didn't hear about. <laughs> Wasn't that in an article? Did you send that? I can't remember where I saw it. I mean, it could be wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong on all of this shit. We're I'm, just making stuff up and getting people all scared and shit. We sound like the uh, the media. It, well. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, or the people feeding talking points to the media. <laughs> Everybody's on their phones right now, which... You know, H1N1, U.S. debt fatalities. Anybody I got it? I didn't find anything. No, okay. I found estimated... Uh, Facts buried deep in the uh, archives. Um, going back to yeah, you do your thing, I'll boredom. Keep, I'll keep digging. Yeah. Do you think right now is like... I feel like I've talked to you about this, Michael, but do you think right now is a, it's, it's a good test trial for what universal health care might be like? Um... In what sense? Well, people, a lot of people don't have jobs right now. They're yeah. getting paid $1,200 a month. They can do whatever they want. You know, they're, they're just sit at home. They can go on a hike. They got to face that boredom, whatever that means. It's like, Universal, what are they, what are they Okay, now do? the $1,200 is gone. Health, now right, they don't have it anymore. They have it right now, though. <laughs> Health care or income? <laughs> You're talking about universal income? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's yeah. Right, okay, right. universal basic income. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, I, uh, I do think it's a good platform for it, even though I, you know, I, I don't know. Again, it's based off a bad incentive that money is the most important thing. But based on that system, 
And it hasn't been, you know, the, this idea of like, okay, I'm not allowed to work, but the government's going to sort of give me enough to get by. Yeah. Um, it hasn't lasted long enough to see accurate behavior yet. Mm. Right? Like, yeah. People like, are sitting on it until they can go back to work. More or, than... no, no, no. What I'm saying is like, you would need it to, you know, people to be locked down for long, you know, or, or out of work for longer with a, that government subsidy that comes close to covering the costs of, of living or whatever yeah. for a longer period of time. They need like secure, knowing their security. No, they so need they, like six. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or yeah, they need right. six months of it or eight months of it before we start to see people actually like, wait, this isn't a joke. Yeah. Or yeah. it's actually, this is a continual sort of support system. And I can, because I think ultimately like right now, if that poll that was referred referred to me the other day that I haven't chased down yet of of and, and so therefore this may be fake this may be bullshit but of you know sixty percent of the people polled are totally down with staying home right now and not going yeah. to their job yeah um okay so so if if that was if that's true now like what happens when they're you know they're bored after like let's just say that the basics are covered and they don't have to think about it what happens in four months six months. When they realize, like, you know, I actually do like doing something in terms of work. I do like not just, you know, sucking off the teat or whatever. Yeah. Or I do, you know, I, you know, I've watched, you know, I've been to the end of the internet. I've watched all of Netflix. I've watched all of it. You know, like once it's all, all the stuff that they, they weren't able to do when their time was monopolized by their work. Yeah. Um, okay. So I've got, I've, I've gotten through all that. And so now what is, what sort of, when it is sort of wide open and you are, you could volunteer to create, to work, to yeah. whatever, you'd, like how many people then would be willing to create, to work, to do something or want to or desire to? Yeah. I think that's a different thing. That Hearing you say that is exciting to me. I, I would love to see what happens to people. Or if they all just, if a lot of people just dive into virtual reality or, or heroin or something, you know, it's like they, how many people won't be able to handle that feeling of boredom? Cause I, I deal with it almost every day. I feel like I, I get to a certain point where I don't have anything that I need to do anymore. I'm like, well, I got food, I got water, I got warmth. Yeah. I don't need to do anything. I'm sitting in my living room. Yeah. I don't feel like playing guitar right now. I played that three times today. What do I do with my time? And yeah. I, and I get that sense of dread and I, th I feel like that sense of dread is, the same feeling as boredom, in a sense. So, but the, so the basics are covered, and I think the problem right now, like the the reason that this isn't sort of a dry run or couldn't be, we can't extrapolate from it, is because people have made decisions in the past, financial decisions that they can't cover right now, and so it's a lot of fear as well. Mm. Um, except for someone who's blindly or ignorantly thinking that it's all going to get taken care of by the feds at some point. Like I'll get more than twelve hundred because that's my. That's not even my weekly nut, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Um, and and so, uh, um, so, so I don't think it, 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 it until that fear goes away, then we wouldn't ever see the actual creativity and desire to work, which I think is inherent and natural for most human beings. I mean, I think yeah. so much of what we do of like go, you know, people do going to work, doing the job, that kind of thing is is based on the fact that they are afraid. It, there, there's some sort of mental pressure that's pushing them to show up. Yeah. And I noticed that when I quit my nine to five job because I worked in pretty much for somebody else, uh, usually only six hours a day instead of eight, but from the from when I was 16. And uh, when I didn't have that anymore, I didn't have 
the pressure to push me to do something. And I, I feel like I struggled for a few months and I, and I still struggle to a degree when I, it's the end of the night and I can just, I don't have anything I need to do, you know, but yeah. I just wonder how everybody's just going back, how everybody's going to react to that. If, if, if it, this extends, you know, because if this thing keeps going on, yeah, they're going to have to keep getting checks or they're going to have to do something else. Agreed. I don't know how they will do. I know. I think is it Canada set up so each citizen gets two grand a month for the entirety. I know of the somebody's things. getting two grand. I don't know. If I think it's, it's Canada. Canada. I think it is yeah, Canada. And, and I think it's for a six month period. Yeah, or four or a six month period, something like that. Yeah. And you go, wait a second. Aren't we the richest nation in the world? Like, are we like? And if we really thought that, like, uh, it just our attitude and our advice does not match our actions, which is not strange. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say, like, wow, I got, you find that... I got fucking stimulated yesterday. Did you? Yeah. Nice. How did it arrive? Was it a paper? That was a finger. Is that uh, a spot? No, it was just direct deposit. <laughs> the A spot. Oh, it's so, called the so American the, so spot. The, <laughs> so the Postal Service isn't working yet. Or it doesn't need funding from the government to stay open. You got an actual physical check? No, no, no. I got oh. it direct no, deposit. No, it's direct deposit. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you... Th- this comes from a place of ignorance because I don't understand how the economy works. But if this goes on for a couple mo- more months, how many businesses do you think will go out? And then how many people won't have jobs anymore and then have to figure out? The answer is 20 million. <laughs> <laughs> Did, businesses or jobs? Uh, I think yes. that's jobs. And yes, I, I think, think that's businesses. Too. I think I think so many people not having work and then still needing means to be supported. Yeah. So, so the oh, big, oh, okay, yeah. the big corporations that like you know the ones that hire a lot of employees for like the industrialists, um, industrial industrialists, they yeah. actually are not responsible for as much of the economy as every politician would like you to think. Mm. More people make their money off of small shops, small businesses than any other really? way in America. Yeah, I mean, go down the street. Like, yeah, there's Walmart. How many like Walmart, restaurants and right? Walmart employs some people, but the the level of employment they have is is not like you're talking about teenagers and retirees. You're not talking about career people who are you know, buying houses, all of that stuff is supported by almost like exclusively small businesses. Mm. There, There's like the really? technology set. Yeah. Like the majority of money. Yeah. I mean, go down the street and just see how many individual businesses. I mean, just in CrossFit alone, there's 12,000 CrossFit gyms with probably an average income into that gym of like 48 grand or something a year. Okay. Right. That, that supports a small family. And that, and like, that's the average. So that counts the loser ones too. That doesn't include, there's probably three times as many CrossFit gyms as there uh, are like those um, small, no name functional gyms. Mm. Uh, we're, we're talking about like, it's no way to even fathom how many quote unquote mom and pa shops are. Now we get to restaurants mm. and you're like, oh shit, all restaurants are shut down they work on a cash flow basis like their next purchase of food is based off of their sales from the last for week. some reason it seems like all restaurants are on the edge of shutting down all the time even when they're open yeah they're yeah. days away from yeah. shutting down if they have a bad week or i mean look whatever. at look at the mushroom place we would go it's so good and oh it, the pizza place yeah the yeah, pizza yeah. Place down yeah, yeah but think about mushroom. every time we went there like there were like five tables that had people at them when i mean got? 
we went kind of late, but oh, nice. I got I got a really good one. Ooh, okay. I do too. But you go first. Oh, no, I got to end on mine. Okay, oh, okay. I got. I'm, I just I have H one N one statistics that I'm perfect. super excited about. Okay, good. Okay, so we were wrong, um, which we can admit because those are the type of people we are. Sixty one million people in the U S were infected. Oh, okay. Um, tw- sixty one million. Yes. So right now, COVID nineteen. How many million infections worldwide? Not that many, I don't believe. Nope, right? No, not even not close. Even close. It's like two million. Isn't I'm, it? It's going to get better. I'm going to tie uh, a conspiracy theory into all of this. Don't oh, worry. Fuck yeah. Um, worldwide. And I'm going to top your conspiracy theory with mine, which is now proven. <laughs> so the amount of people estimated to have died from H1? N- H1N1 throughout that year in the world, mm-hmm. 575,000 people. Okay. Um. Okay, we're nowhere near that. We are not. Um, the pandemic killed. Uh, wait, what was I just looking at? Swine flu, blah blah blah. Worldwide, up to the pandemic killed an estimated. Uh, okay, so the amount of deaths in the United States. Yeah, from H one N one. About eighty percent of them, ages eighteen to sixty four. Okay. And then the rest of that percentage is zero to seventeen, and then sixty five and older. So my conspiracy is that the people making the, you know, the the laws that we currently have in place of shelter in place, don't go out, don't see any old people because they're very susceptible to this and they might die. Yeah, is made by a demographic that is the main demographic dying. And I know I've brought it up before. Yeah, but when it was eighteen to sixty four for a different no virus, one gave a shit because it was you were, equally yeah. as deadly at least across the world so far. I know we have a lot of time to go with this virus, but. And I just found that interesting that it was like, it seemed like it was hardly fucking talked about. It wasn't. It, well, I mean, it came up and it was like in the news somewhere. Well, I can't get that because whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, I don't know why. why it, it, and what was the timing? I can't even remember what year that was. So this was April of 2009 to March 2010. <laughs> how, soo- ju- how soon we forget. <laughs> just to add on top of that. Like it wasn't the 90s, folks. Right. Just so we have some context of how we understood what the H1N1 virus could potentially do, the Spanish flu is also an H1N1 virus. Ah. Which we know the outcome of that 100 years ago. Yeah, but that was 50 million people so dying. long ago we had no technology. We could not possibly spread information the way we did back then. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> you mean fear? I, I meant uh, Telegram. 5G, dude, 5G. <laughs> <laughs> Five telegrams. Okay, we're gonna. I I do want to end the podcast okay. on this note. You got it from Forbes, not known for their fake news. Can we agree? Ish. Yeah. Okay. Linda McMahon's Trump ties under scrutiny as WWE is deemed essential in Florida. <laughs> oh my god! In Florida, <laughs> that's the headline. The McMahon's. The McMahon family's well-known relationship with President Donald Trump has become a talking point as the WWE continues to run live events in the state of Florida amid the spread of the novel coronavirus, blah, blah, blah. Last week, WWE continued to tempt fate and and morality by surprisingly announcing that live tapings would resume in the WWE Performance Center of Orlando, Florida. The announcement came despite Governor Rob DeSantis 
announcing a statewide stay-at-home order initially believed to be a major hurdle to the WWE, but after the promotion aired its first-ever pre-taped two-night WrestleMania, followed by a pre-taped broadcast of Raw WWE, uh, blah, 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 scr- or, uh, of Raw, WWE scrapped plans to tape five weeks of programming in favor of going live each week during a global pandemic. Oh, so Vince McMahon it, just bitch slapped Dana White, etc., etc., etc. Yeah, Dana, you got a private island. Well, these guys got a politician <laughs> privately in their fucking pocket, <laughs> aka the, so, the president. <laughs> what I I really don't understand, like <laughs> now, there's there's not like thirty thousand people coming to watch this. We're talking about the people wrestling, right? We'll call it you a, know a, ten a, events, a we'll referee, twenty people. And referee, and then the camera crew, and then then production, right? So let's say there's probably 100 people. Okay. You could probably isolate 100 people if their job was important and they felt that their livelihood was essential enough. They would take it serious enough. I know this because we ask the same of medical staff. (laughs) Yeah. And they're able to perform and do well. And what I don't get is like... With a ridiculous level of exposure that would not be anywhere near what we are talking about in like hey i'd like to keep my hardware store open i have a fix they just need to infect all athletes with COVID 19 yeah and that is the competition (laughs) (laughs) we just watch him on tv coughing like is he gonna die today like is this guy gonna make it and then (laughs) gambling and then gambling yeah and then whoever's left they can go back to play their sporting event Boom. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, give me give me a show. Like I just like No, <laughs> give I want a production. See who's the fastest in the world at the hundred meters with COVID with it. <laughs> you are symptomatic, you tow the line. I don't know. And then we'll see who's well, no, that's not something that depends on lung function. I was gonna say much. I want more brutality. Let's yeah. say eight hundred meters. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. An eight hundred meter race on ten percent lung capacity. <laughs> Man, some you people know, would be I'll at say, a distinct you, advantage. The only winners yeah. are the people watching. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you win. And you that lose. is true right now as yeah. well. <laughs> The only winners are the people listening to this podcast. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right. <laughs>